Welcome back to the Upper Tier Podcast, the football podcast that we bring you each and every week on the Dynamo Podcast Network. Head over to YouTube, smash that subscribe and bell notification button. Also head over to Anchor, where the audio versions of all these shows are available, if you prefer. And as always, support Irish Podcast. And joining me today, I have the two Liverpool OGs. And today we have a very, very special episode where we're going to take a look back at the career of one Mr. Joe Fake. Lads, how are we doing? Oh, good, lads. Good, thanks, Noel. Good, brilliant. Um, how are we doing, now? Great to see you. Hey, great to see you. You're massive. <laughs> it, it came up there the other day, lads. I mean, if Joe had a being still alive, he would have celebrated his 100th birthday there back on the 12th of March. Um, and in line with some of the other shows we've been doing, myself and Dean took a look back there last week at Ian St. John's career as well. And it was just, it's a real great retrospective look back at some of these icons of Liverpool Football Club. And it's also good as well because it gives some of the, the younger Liverpool fans an insight into the joys and the stuff that they are enjoying and the success at the moment. And this is the foundation on which this club is built on. So it's always good to go back and take a good look at these lads' careers and see the importance they were to the club in historical terms. So we'll start with Joe Fagan, born the 12th of March, 1921, lived in Walton, Liverpool, um, and spent most of his life living no more than a stone's throw from Anfield. Passed away on the 30th of June, 2001, at the age of eight. And like we said, back on the 12th of March there, he would have been 100. I think it's very difficult to um, play down the importance of this man in terms of the club. This is a man, you know, who bled Liverpool Football Club. He was, you know, to touch on a few things, I mean, he was instrumental in the, the boot room. He was the reserve team coach under Shankly. Um, he was the assistant under Bill, uh, Bob Paisley. Um, and he was just an outstanding man when he became manager even now. Um, so just to look back at some of the honours, I mean, obviously, uh, as a player, he played for Man City and gained promotion out of the second division in 1946-47. Um, for Liverpool Football Club, 83-84 was the year where the man won the treble, uh, capturing the league, the League Cup and the European Cup. Um, some outstanding achievement for a man in his first year in management at such a high-profile club. And as an individual, went on to be England Manager of the Year in 83 and 84, without a shadow of a doubt. You know? um, Dean, what's, what's your memories of Joe going back? I mean, I know he was he was before your time, and I mean, he was, he was pretty much a lot of before my time as well, but um, what's your memories? I don't have any. As you said, I was only born in 1985, so I don't have He's any. He's only 21, Noel. Look at him there. Gorgeous he is. No, but it, I asked me dad, like... Um, what was Shankly like? What was Paisley like? What was Kenny like? The, the lads like that, like me and Darren, we're all, me, me and Darren are only nippers. We're not as old as you, so we're we're the younger generation. We picked up the the torch in probably the, the mid nineties, becoming Liverpool fans. But um, yeah, like you asked me, Dad, what what was he like? And he he said he's a, he's a hero. He said if it wasn't for the likes of Paisley, Shankly, and Joe Fagan. He said, "The likes of you and your 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 mates wouldn't be Liverpool fans." You know what I mean? Because who 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 knows what way the club would have went? We we talked about this when we were talking about Ian St. John. If um, Shanks hadn't got the managerial job, like he's kind of the forefather. He he's the one who planted the seeds and 
dig the foundations for the club to be where it is today. And then Bob Paisley kind of followed along. And then Joe, Joe Fagan was the last of the great three. I know Kenny came in after him, but, you know, a lot of people look at Joe Fagan as being accredited for um, being responsible for the likes of uh, Roger Hunt, Ian Callahan, and Tommy Smith and bringing them on in their careers, you know what I mean? And, like, who better to learn from? Do you know what I mean? He was the youth team manager for them boys, wasn't he? So he would have been the one that kind of guided them, yeah. you know? I mean, but like, who, who, like, if you're going to learn from any two, two men in football, Bill Shankly and Bob Paisley, you're not going to go far wrong learning from them too, are you? Um, yeah. You know, in, a, in his fourth season, winning a treble. And you have the, you, when you, you watch the LFC put a documentary, there was a documentary on last, he was only 50 like, when he when he was mer- or shouted out as the next manager after Bob Paisley, the, the whole of the UK media shot him down saying that he was going to be a failure. And Graham Souness, at that time, the Liverpool force team didn't do team meetings. Graham Souness got wind of what was going to be spun in the papers when Paisley walked away and how they were going to front and back page. They were going to slay Fagan and kind of back him into a corner saying, you're going to fail miserably. Souness brought the force team in without Fagan there or Paisley and said, that's not going to happen. We're going to make sure that he he's successful. Like, you're, you're, you're one season winning a treble, you know what I mean? But we all, like, when I was watching that, like, you have to think, where, where would the club... I always look at things that happen in the club's history as they, they defined where we are now. If they hadn't happened, then we wouldn't be where we are now. Like we wouldn't, Jurgen Klopp wouldn't be manager. We wouldn't have won a Champions League last year or the, the league last year. Stuff like that. It's all ifs, buts and maybes. But you have to think, if Heysel hadn't happened, how successful would he have been? Do you know what I mean? He could have went on to be the greatest manager in Liverpool history. Treble in his first year, like in a team that he inherited, which it's no way... Uh... It's not no exactly mean, like you know me feet exactly yeah I mean <coughs> take some of the more modern managers now just I'm gonna use United as an example when Fergie retired and Moyes came in with effectively the same team as what Ferguson had and it was completely yeah. different so I know Fagan came in with the same team as you know what Bob Paisley so he inherited the team but to keep them motivated and to, to keep them going and to ultimately be successful I mean that takes it wasn't just the case that he was just you know. Free free will and at the at the helm, you know. Fair I think it's, a, I think it's a, a sign of the man as well. Like obviously me and Darren, we're only kids, so like we we don't we don't have memories of Bill Paisley, you know what I mean? But Bob Paisley, Bill Shankly, or Joe Fay. We only have what we what we read or what we see on documentaries or stuff like that. But like when I heard about Sionas dragging the force team in and saying, lads, he's being rolled off, it's that's not going to happen. We're going to make sure he's successful. You wouldn't get that nowadays. Do you no. know what I mean? Look at the criticism that Solskjaer has got, and then you hear the stories of players like Zlatan and or uh, Lukaku and stuff like that. Pogba wants out, and all. they don't give a fuck about who, who the manager is. They don't give a fuck about who the club they're playing for is. But it's unheard of stuff like that. That's you know, in a lot of teams now, isn't it? You could, you could even argue Liverpool is a bit like that now. There's very <laughs> few local lads there. They're all lads that are brought in from abroad. They've no kind of connection as such to the club. Now, I'm not saying that they don't give 110%, which they obviously do, but back then it was you're born and raised in Liverpool, you play for Liverpool, you, you know what I mean? United the same, or you know, whatever city you want to take, all local lads off fighting for it. And to me, in football, you're not going to see that anymore. Can you imagine Jurgen Klopp now in a two up, two down beside Anfield? Because that's effectively what Joe Fagan did for, the, yeah. for his whole career. You know what I mean? He lived next to the ground, which is a fairly run down area, and everybody knew him. And it's just you'll never see the like of that again, you know. 
Well, the, in, the interesting thing that I looked at today, when Shankly came in first, and normally when you get a new manager coming in, normally, you know, normally all the uh, the staff would go. And um, all, the, all the backroom staff and all would go. But Shankly came in and he called all the boys in and he told me, he says, you boys aren't going anywhere. You are going to be my backroom staff. And he proceeded to clear out a lot of the players. Um, <clears throat> but he turned around. Joe apparently had a conversation with him and he turned around to, to Joe and he says, sure, I, I know you're going to do well. Sure, I tried to sign you as a player? Mm, so yeah. that was the, the biggest compliment that Joe could be played. And he's described in Shankly's autobiography as a man who knew when to kick a player up the backside or when to put an arm around him. Which is, around him yeah. It is a measure of the man. And he said that Joe is as Liverpoolian as the Liverpool. Mm. So it's, um, you know, it's, Liverpool. Yeah, so it's a real, it's a real measure of the man, and you know, even Ronnie Moran, um, described a very humble as, man, mind uh, Yeah, he says he 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 encapsulated what the boot room was all about, and he was a man who was never interested in the limelight, but just getting on with the work. Yeah, um, and it, and it was interesting when they came in. There was a lot of changes, like they were, especially in that reserve team. As he, as uh, Dean said, a lot of really good players came through out of that reserve side that he was managing. Um, but they had changed even the training and all. The training at the time was real old school where lads would be going out on road runs and stuff like that. And Shankly changed everything. He came in, he said he wanted more ball work and all that kind of stuff. Did he, did he, he made them uh, get changed at Anfield and get the bus to Melwood and then get the bus yeah. back to Anfield and yeah. changed and they began there, you know what I mean? Just to get them a bit of camaraderie and to get them used to being in or out, you know what I mean, in Anfield and their surroundings and it worked like you're in there every day you know what it means yeah. actually Pais- Paisley as well instilled that as well because mm. Paisley um, was a I think his background was uh, sports uh, physiotherapy or something like that and he was saying that uh, he used that trip back on the bus as well as the cool down that he didn't want the lads getting into the bat straight so I think away. he only used but, 15 or 16 players one season in the whole season yeah. correct me if I'm wrong yeah so I mean <laughs> you know it's it's um, it's a real measure of the man and stuff like that. So we move on then to the boot room, which is basically they found an old sort of storage space and they converted no, it into cupboard. this. Yeah, now covered and they, they converted mm. this into a, a meeting room where they would go to discuss tactics and have you know uh, management meetings. And all it's not. That. It's not that. It's not they found it. it, 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 it Joe Fagan is Joe accredited Fagan. in Liverpool with being the, the founder of the boot room. So he deserves a trophy for that. He deserves a statue for that alone. Never mind the treble in his four season. But he, he was he, he was he was quoted as saying as well when the when the opposing managers used to visit, that was the room they went into after the matches and all to have a drink, not up to the, the manager's office if you like. Mm. That was, that was, he said there was many many a great discussion had in there post match and stuff like that. You know? so even some, some some of the stories you heard years ago, I think it was Shankly. He he made the the door for him. In yeah. the home dressing room, smaller. Yeah. So when we were coming out, we looked bigger. <laughs> the the fear they got in the, <laughs> the opponents, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's mental. <laughs> and there's, there's footage of uh, Brian Clough in there. And you know yourself after a match, the manager goes in for one or two glasses of wine or whatever and a smoke or whatever. Brian Clough's in there absolutely pissed. You're Paisley Shankly. He went in pissed though. He was a mad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fagan and your man Reuben Bennett and Brian Clough walks in with his assistant and there's five or six of them just sitting there a big plume of smoke and they're just about three or four empty bottles getting pissed all those all, all those big bottles of bells I'd say was getting tucked into oh, stop um, so yeah then um, you know 
first team coach, 1971 to 79, he was promoted up to a first team coach. Um, initially under Shanky, who left then, I think, in 74, and was succeeded by Bob Paisley, who kept him on as a first team coach. This was a real um, a real measure of the man, you know. Um, then assistant manager in 79 to 83, he became Paisley's assistant manager. Bobby Robson said he was the best assistant manager in the English game. Yeah, and I mean, coming, coming from a man, a football Bobby, Bobby Robson. Bobby Robson. That's what a legend. That's a measure of the man. So then we move on then. Um, I mean, obviously, Bob Bob moves on. Um, and then Joe is appointed manager. And apparently, not, you didn't want un- it. not unlike Bobby Yeah, he was reluctant. He, he, yeah, I remember he, watching the program about that. Yeah, he was reluctant to take on that role. And, and uh, Bob even said it on the way out to management there that he would be, he never sort of, you know, looked for that role. But anyway, he well, got Can you imagine that nowadays? A, 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 an assistant manager at a club like Liverpool being promoted and winning everything in the four season. It just wouldn't happen. It's no. unheard of. Like. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you're talking about Klopp's assistant there coming on, becoming a manager and winning the treble. Like, it's just, it'd be unheard of these days. You know what I mean? So, um, as highly as as highly as Pep Linders is held in, like, because apparently after the Burnley defeat, the first team called for a meeting with Pep Linders because Jürgen was obviously going through show at home, and he was the go-to guy. Like apparently he's held in like really high esteem there, but just you just can't picture Jürgen Klopp walking away and Pep Linders because he just comes across a little timid geezer. You, you couldn't picture him now leading Liverpool to a treble. Not saying I wouldn't love him to, but just you, you couldn't picture it. Yeah. So then. 83 to 84, we start the, the Joe Fagan era, if you like, and starts his first game with a defeat to Manchester United in the Charity Shield. Not an ideal start. Which wouldn't no. be a great start in the eyes no. of Liverpool fans. But um, had an amazing season, went on, won the league, and won the league cup in a replay, I think, and then went on. Against, won- against Everton as well. Yeah, which is, um, that alone would install a Liverpool manager. <laughs> in the annals of history folklore um, and then went on and won the European Cup and completed the, the treble even though a number of uh, fans out there a fan basis would try not to recognise that as a treble but sure this is the same fan basis that count the community shield so we won't even get into that Don't uh, when it's out. yeah so an outstanding an outstanding first year and it's kind of like if that's your first year where do you go from there like you know what else can you do except win four you know, so yeah, which um, you know, was virtually impossible. Um, so 84 85, uh, Sunas heads off to Sampdoria, um, which obviously was 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 a big loss in terms of the dressing room. Um, but it was a it was it was a bad year, really. Um, we look, we look a few bogey signings there. That I, think, yeah. I think we saw in Paul Walsh, who didn't really big, big Kevin McDonald with Bruce Bryan. Last seen as the Ireland assistant manager, if memory serves me correctly. Oh, and, uh, we brought in Jan Mulby though. That's oh, and John, John Walk as well, who didn't do too bad now. Yeah. He, had a, he had a pristine moustache, that fella. What a Ronnie. <laughs> but if, 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 you look, if you look if you look back at that season, even though there was, there was struggles and stuff like that, up till the latter part of that season, we were in line to win a few trophies again when it just came unraveled. And we ended up for the first time in a decade, in a decade, not picking up a piece of silverware. Just imagine that. Um, 10 years picking up silverware and that season we didn't pick up That's like Everton. 
you're talking more than a decade. 25 years, quarter of a century, huh? Yeah. You went to Bubbles there. You went to Bubbles there for about three hours a few weeks ago, and I think there was parties, three parties, and all around Liverpool for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then, so then on the 29th of May, 29th of May, 1985, it was announced that he would retire, and of course, the king himself. Tragic he, circumstances. The king himself, Kenny Dalglish, took over, and, and off we go again, rewriting history again. Um. But Kenny described in his book as well, he said that uh, it was very difficult for Joe that he was haunted by the tragedy Heiser. of Heiser. Yeah. Until the day he died, yeah. yeah. And you know, Kenny as well. Yeah. Kenny, Kenny went to, like he, and the same with Hillsborough, he took it all very personally, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. There, is, there is kind of, um, there is similar parallels between the two in terms of coming to the end of the managerial reign, in terms of things that affected him, you know. But again, you know, the, the, the comments there really are that Joe, he still kind of hung around a little bit, even though he was retired, and he would often go up to Melwood and go to games, and he was always there to give advice uh, when asked upon, you know what I mean? But um, he drifted into the background. He was never one to be in the forefront, really, you know what I mean? But certainly a man who left his mark on the club over a, a number of years, putting yeah. aside the 83, 84 season. He's kind, of, he's kind of the, for, no, I wouldn't say he's the forgotten man, but if you think of that era, Success, people will automatically think Bill Shankly, Bob Paisley, but people forget, like we have been speaking about here, about Joe Fagan, how he came in, what he achieved. And he was a part of, he was a big part of the greatness that Shankly and Paisley had as well. It's only it's not like he just was in the background, you know what I mean? He was part of that, and everybody that was part of them, like you, you, you look at the documentaries and people that were talking about him, what have you, like. He he was the go-to guy, even though he was he was they said he was Mr. Quiet, but yeah, listen to um Thompson and all and Kenny and Sioness talking about him. You had personal problems or if you had problems on the pitch and you were too embarrassed to talk to the manager. He he puts out Sioness was saying when his ma was dying, he had to get a train from Liverpool to wherever. And Fagan went on the train with him and had his arm around him the whole way down. You know, he he was the go-to guy in the in the in the club at the time, whether it be personal or football and was and he, he was just down down the middle. There was no taking the fucking piss or there was no, I haven't got time for it. He, he was the go-to guy. Like. Yeah, so I suppose... But if you, oh. Sorry, just, just before we move on there, just, I mean, can you imagine, I'm just going to take Chris Wilder at the moment, what he's achieved for Sheffield United, just to be cast aside, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of clubs could, could do it looking back to a kind of a bygone era and sticking with a manager. I mean, he, he's dragged them up from the second division They've had a bad season and the new owners come in and just throwing them out. That like that's terrible. You couldn't imagine Liverpool doing that. Imagine Liverpool had it done that with some of their managers, you know what I mean? Back in the day, we wouldn't be anywhere near where we are today. So I think there's a lot could be learned from, from the eighties, there's not the seventies and the eighties about how uh, I suppose they weren't owners back then, it's business now, but the way managers are, are just kind of cast aside for a bigger name, you know. I, I said to lads there, I said to lads there the other night that Sheffield United will regret that decision next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. And Birmingham as well. I've just sacked your man Kalanke, who, who was a, a good manager. Like, he can only do so much, you know. So I suppose, lads, we leave it with the point that we'll salute Joe Fagan as one of Absolutely. our one of the heroes of the club and one of the, the man who laid the groundwork for a lot of success that followed both before and after his managerial reign. So gone but not forgotten, but we'll we'll salute you, Joe Fagan, and we'll always Absolutely. remember you.
Thanks happy a million, birthday. Guys. Thanks a million, guys, for coming on. Ladies, happy birthday. Nice to talk to you again, Will. Great to talk to you, lads. See you soon.